<clears throat> Welcome to the TB Toy Cast, where Travis and Brian talk all things toys from the past, the present, and the future. Ugh, that's all we need, another podcast where a bunch of nerds talk about toys. Enjoy the show! <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a very special edition of the TV Toycast this week uh, because not only am I being joined by my co-host Travis, we got the one and only. He is the the one man chop shop himself, Jason Wolf, joining us today. Jason, how are you, man? Great, man. Your viewership's going to go way down now. <laughs> <laughs> So just throwing I, that out there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so funny story is I uh, I did a podcast with on the you know it's fake right with Steve Hoker the other day, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Are you just dying for your listeners to go down the toilet?" <laughs> like it's I mean it's not about that man. I want to talk to my friends on here. I think it'll be fun, and we had a good right. time. So I uh, you know it hasn't dropped yet, but we'll, we'll see if they go down the toilet. I don't know, but <laughs> um, uh, lucky we'll for us, the majority of our listeners. As in, like ninety nine point nine 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 percent are all here in the U.S. We don't have a very broad overseas, especially in the U.K. So oh, I think we're going to be good. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it'll be fine. So so we so want some analytics, Travis? Ninety two percent of our listeners are in the United States. Four percent are in oh, Canada. I was just making that number up, and now we have the real numbers. Two percent the United Kingdom. Less than 1% Mexico, less than 1% Ireland, less than 1% Germany, Puerto Rico, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Turkey, Australia, Portugal, the Philippines, Sweden, Ecuador, Finland, and Nigeria. Well, less than 1%. I don't think this is incredibly accurate, so, you know. I have a lot of fans in Nigeria, so hopefully that'll bump those numbers up. Yes. Amazing. So, so Jason, we're going to talk about the Chop Shop. Obviously, we've done a few podcasts about this recently, but the last time you were on here kind of discussing this, you hadn't really completely gone underground yet. I, I think you were in that process, but you know, you, you sent out now two newsletters. I believe you're working on a third one, and yes. it's kind of this exclusive club where people can <clears throat> order custom Hasbro figures from you, kind of like missing pieces of the original Hasbro collection. Um Obviously, this is something you've probably been thinking about for years. If, if people don't know these roster pro- posters you made years ago, uh, you even mentioned it on one of your podcasts, Howl with the Wolf, that those are almost canon, right? People, myself included. Yeah. We thought yeah. that was like a Hasbro blueprint. Oh, they were going to make the Brain Busters, but they didn't. And and so you've kind of taken that and uh, you're almost filling in those own your own spaces with, with those guys that never actually got released. And that was the original idea. I, I wanted to create a blueprint of something that just continued on that made sense. So whereas I could have done 100% body sculpts or back then original drawings of these things, I, I was doing the Mass of the Universe method and uh, the Hasbro method of reusing the, the molds and things that were already there. So, you know, the brain busters, it made sense to me to... It not use the macho that a lot of people use, but to do the Hogan four body, uh, where he's kind of got that, like, looks like he's doing an uppercut, but could also hook you for a spine buster. You don't really know, you know? So there's a lot of things that went into it when I was making these. And it just, it was so long ago. And it was at the uh, start of, I guess, social sharing with deviant art and the advent of MySpace and social media and things that it just, nobody knew where it came from. It just was always there. Well, and obviously, you know, that original 89 roster poster is the most popular one. That's been stolen by almost every company that decides to make an ugly Christmas sweater every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's shown up on eBay. It's been posters. It's been Christmas sweaters. And I finally got some payback and retribution on that. Uh, I had it out with people with the Christmas sweater and everybody bootlegging it. So I went to every single wrestling facebook group and i uploaded it for free and told look you guys want this so bad take it and i gave it away i gave away the original file and i just put it up for everyone to see and then i also did a little thing and put it on t public 
And what it did is it stopped everyone making bootlegs of it because now everyone had to file and my tea public exploded. I've made 1500 off of that just in the last three months. Insane. But I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to think about, but after finally 11, no, gosh, even 12 years now of doing this and that thing being alive, I'm only now finally getting a little payback from it. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see that happen. Like I've told you before, I bought a demolition Hasbro shirt from Redbubble probably yep. 10 years ago. And when I saw your poster, I was like, oh, that's your artwork. Because I remember emailing the quote-unquote artist on there being like, hey. Because he had like demolition, he had like LOD, and then I think he had like Dusty and Jake and a few others. So I'm like, are you going to release more of these? He's like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, no, yeah. Because you, know, you can't steal all the artwork, I guess, you know. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Oh, jeez. Well, and this is actually, I just thought of this. I don't know why this just popped in my head. Um, one of the original reasons I did that, and I don't know if anyone even knows this, is the only reason I started doing those was because I was learning how to use Photoshop. And I was trying to learn how to use uh, the multiply layer versus an overlay and figure out how to color existing art and this is even before png files were popular with the non-existent background so i was just taking black and white jpegs and the back of the hasbro cards just looked like a coloring book to me so i started coloring those and i thought man they never made dino bravo he was the first one i did and then i did roju haku the you know the faithful five that never get anything hercules so Go ahead, Travis. I miss that on on action figures when you bring that up, like the the black and white just line work of of an action figure. Like Hasbro's did it, Motu did it. Um, You know, I I would do that with uh, like like Castle Grayskull, or like when you got a vehicle for Masters of the Universe. I I would do the same thing because they they basically just printed everything. In, in black and white with just the line art. That, I, I feel like that. I know it's 2022 and we're all, you know, into the future and, you know, more and more, but sometimes I feel like less is more when it, when it came to action figure art like that. Well, definitely. And logistically, it made sense because now that we know how packaging is made how figures are made and things like that we realize it's basically a color printed paper glued to a miter board like a cardboard and then another colored paper for the back of these cards uh that you know are are for the fixture uh, for the action figure so and this is something you can do at home so it made more sense just to do black and white on the back because it was cheaper sure well, and also, you too, know. Th- this is something I, I found interesting is, like, when, you know, any of us, when we were in the action figure aisle, we find that figure we want. The well, first thing we do is look on the back, right? Who else do they make? Mm-hmm. Especially those oh, days. Oh, the cross-sell, yeah. Yeah, you know, especially those days because, you know, you, may, didn't, you didn't know unless you saw, like, a commercial or something. But when I would see, like, oh, they make, you know, Ravishing Rick Rude or they make The Ultimate Warrior, I don't know what color they're in. And so seeing it well, on the pegs yeah. was like, a, oh, nice. Like it's like – it's not really the – it's the first time you're really actually seeing it like you know, in full color, which I think was a really fun fun aspect. Well, and you, you notice once like say Toy Biz X-Men and G.I. Joe was one of the first ones that I remember actually having a colored back to mm-hmm. the, uh, the packaging. They always put color variations or colors may vary depending on whatever blah, blah, that tag time is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but no, that's right. You you didn't know. I mean, look at the the Remco, the A and AWA figures. They black and white. You didn't know which outfit it's going to be, and then Ric Flair shows up in red, and you're like, yes, <laughs> right, yeah. Or it's, actually, it's, I think he was purple. Yeah, that's right. He was originally. purple with a white. Rim. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Um, yeah. So definitely, definitely uh, interesting stuff. How toys have changed over the years. Kind of going back to the chop shop. I know the first figure you kind of alluded to. Which ended up being the first underground exclusive was Sting. You did a Surfer Sting. This was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you did like a base version, which is one I ended up getting. The white pants uh, trimmed in red and then like the red, black, and white face paint. But you also added an option like, hey, pay a little bit extra. 
you can choose the attire as long as it's Surfer Sting. The color scheme, the look, the whole deal. Some people went with Galoob, which was amazing. Some just did their favorite color, whatever that might have been. Or like, oh, I love that pay-per-view when he wore that. Um, that was a that was a that was a super fun one, and you know, obviously Sting was not in WWF, but he's in that Hasbro era, right? So like, most of us all played with that Galoob Sting with our Hasbro. So having him in Hasbro form was definitely fun. And that's another one of the things that I liked about running with the whole Chop Shop thing is I, I'm giving you basically painted prototypes of what could have been. Right. So what you're buying and what you're taking home is essentially what they would show at a comic con and that's what i always liked that's what i always wanted uh i remember that one wwf magazine where it shows the guy at the hasbro labs sitting there painting the macho kings by hand and you got to look at the tray and get a preview of you know what some of these people would look like and i was like man i want to be that guy and that is just basically what chop shop evolved into and then when I started going underground with the newsletters, I just wanted it to be something fun, a throwback where it was people that I could accept their input because they actually were customers, mm-hmm. not just the Internet community that has to give their opinion for no absolute reason whatsoever. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, and, and now here we are. You're right. We're coming up on the third one, and uh, things have been going good. In fact, this actually is it has gone so well. This is the first month I've actually had uh, a delay but I've got everything out or coming out. I just finally have to set things off like, you know, an extra couple of weeks because people are recovering from Christmas. But sure. I have had such a, an amazing support from all of this. It, it's been exactly what I wanted it to be. That's that's awesome, man. I, I think it's great. And, you know, I've, I was never really into custom figures until this, but there's so like there's so many possibilities with customs like I like the sting, for instance. Like I, I know uh, I won't I won't say who the figure is because uh, I don't want that to be spoiled until people see pictures. But you put out for the February slash March release, you put out a poll: which version do you want? And you're kind of like you know this version, this version, or Wolf chooses. And I was like, Wolf chooses. I'm tired of making decisions because <laughs> I, I hate when I see like yeah. Drew Vinsel or someone else post a, a figure and I'm like, dang it! Like why didn't I get that one? That's so amazing because it's just. You know, I know you did that with Honky Tonk Man. You had the debut attire, which mm-hmm. was like suspenders. A lot of people probably don't remember that. Then I think you offered three other pants colors, and I ended up getting red because I always thought that that looked cool. But then I see like someone had the baby blue, and I'm like, oh man, that looks really cool too. So there's just so many possibilities with this, and I think that's what makes it a lot of fun. Well, and as far as the variations in the costuming goes, I noticed pretty quickly what I thought would be cool may not be what you remember. Sure. And, uh, you know, I think, in fact, you, me, and one other person got the red honky-tonk. That's the one I remember the most. Other than the blue, uh, the, the Macho King, or the, I'm sorry, the Macho Man feud with the blue tights. Right. Um, the, uh, the other one that I remember was red. But then with everybody clamoring over the, the lore of uh, Rhythm and Blues, Greg Valentine, I'm thinking, you know, he mostly wore black with that, so might as well do that. But my original idea, I was just going to do the suspenders one. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of like, yeah, that's cool, but maybe if you did, like, the blue one, or maybe if you did the red one. And I'm like, well, I could. And then like, I think even one person said, I want the white one where he fought Jake. And I'm like, I don't ever remember him wearing white with the gold kind of theme. No, I don't, I don't ever remember that. And then somebody saw it, and someone else is like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. I want that too." You know. So I, I try to give options when I can. But Sting, I think I ended up doing twenty three different versions of him just for that one run that happened. And I just did a little reissue of that and got three more completely different oh, wow. ones that I that I've got to ship out. Yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. So, I mean, all this stuff is so fun to see, um, and there's there's so many different possibilities. I, I think that's that's the cool thing. Another one I want to bring up because this one might be my favorite of all the ones you've done because you know it's it's cool to get Sting like a new character, but it's also cool to get uh, you know an existing character but kind of like you know a, a reamped version. And that was Jake Roberts. You did you know a new mm, Snake mm-hmm. back in October, and you again you kind of let fans pick the attire. 
and the most popular ended up being like what we kind of call the blue flame, which is what he right. wore when when the cobra bit Macho, and you know Mattel actually I think did a figure in that same attire, but I don't know man there was something about how you did that it just looked incredible and of course it had the bag it had the snake it had the cobra glove I mean it was in, it was just an incredible piece. Awesome, thank you. Well, now that was one of those things that came up. Jake didn't necessarily need a new figure because he had one. Right. But to me, I know what they did. Jake's a tall guy. He's nearly, actually, probably the same size as Hogan. They just said that Hulk Hogan was 6'8", and Jake was legitimate 6'6". Right. So I think what they tried to do is make him look shorter than the Hogan figure. So they made him sort of that wide stance kind of squat position pose. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's, that's not what Jake like stood there very tall and slender and kind of mysterious in the background. And majority of that one, I used uh, just the the Papa Shango body. And then uh, that was one of my first ventures into 3d sculpting. And I re-sculpted, resized, and worked with uh, an Undertaker arm. Amazing for the gloved hand. Yeah, right. I'm curious though when you, when you're coming up with your ideas, like obviously, like if people don't know that the chop shop, the meaning of that, at least based on what I understand, you're you're swapping parts of existing figures, right? And yeah, and some of them it's like an easy swap. Some of them like that, like you're taking different parts and you know, putting different arms and different torsos on different legs and stuff like that. What's that process like to try to come up with like what you think is the the best version of that? There's a fantasy version of that and a practical version of that. So for the most part, the drawing and the blueprints were already done because I've drawn, you know, a couple hundred of these characters for the roster posters. Right. So I kind of go back to what I would have done with that. But then the practical side of it is, once I get, say, a torso that I like, and then all of a sudden I pair it up with the physical legs, you realize a lot of those connections were slanted. And Papa Shango, for instance, was a a direct perpendicular cut. So it was like a a 90-degree angle from the legs going straight up, and then the, the bottom where the torso meets is... It's exactly squared off, whereas Hogan Series 1, if you separate the figure, the torso is actually kind of a trapezoid Mm -hmm. compared to the legs. So if you try and put one of those on a different set of legs that may look cool, it's not logistically going to work. The balancing is going to be off, and he's going to be looking straight up in the sky or, you know, looking straight down, or it's just going to slide over no matter what position you put the arms in. So I... I have buckets, and it's a bucket of body parts separated by which one. I have a bucket of arms, a bucket of heads, a bucket of torsos and legs, and I just literally throw it out like a kid with Legos, and I start popping these things together and seeing what works and what would look best. And it, I mean, it's fun, but that that's like a three-day process right there. So, like, when you come up with a character, like, you know, you decide, okay, I want this, this month's figure to be this guy. Mm-hmm. Are you just going through all like, almost like Dr. Frankenstein and put these things together, seeing what you can come up with and like, okay, I do. I have an idea. I always start with the idea and, and, and run from that. So with Jake, I knew I wanted it to be uh, sort of a, a taller figure mm-hmm. and the way the Papa Shango chest and the legs worked with the long legs and the high rise boots. I thought, okay, that's perfect. Now what am I going to do for the arms? And then I thought, well, you know, the Papa Shango arms are a little too buff. So I tried a bunch of different ones. And then finally, uh, the, I was going to go with the original Jake arms. And I thought, no, this just this isn't going to work. And then I looked at Smash. And he's kind of got that long forearm that makes it look. It didn't actually kind of work for Smash. But it worked for Jake. So when I put that on that torso, I was like, that's it. That's that's the combination I need. And it, it is. It's like trying to piece together a Lego set without instructions. <laughs> That's amazing stuff, man. Really, really. It's so interesting to hear all this. Like, like because obviously we're not seeing everything. But then, you know, you, we see, like, 
hey, here's the prototype, but it's unpainted. Then it's painted. You're like, oh, wow, like that's incredible. And, you know, obviously in another thing, you know, like you mentioned before 3D sculpting, you've actually started making your own heads more recently too as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm uh, working on bodies. And, you know, a lot of that stuff too, it's, it's a learning process for me. Uh, so I'll use uh, found objects or kind of a base point and build up from that. Um, the original sculpt, it just, it takes me too long to get to. I, I can do it. It just, I'm not up to the point where I'm learning it fast enough where I could produce it fast enough where I could say, Hey, next month's going to be Lord Alfred Hayes and I'm going to completely sculpt his face from scratch and right. that weird kind of Liberace puffy shirt that he wore. And, <laughs> you know, I, now I yeah, want a Lord just, Alfred Hayes figure. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I will, I will tell you one of the things that's on my list is, uh, the zoo escapades with Mean Gene and Lord Alfred in sort of those safari outfits. Oh, yeah. I've wanted to do those forever, and it's getting closer to being possible now. That's, that's Just by my, my skill set, basically. I mean, it's possible for anybody out there that knows how to do this stuff. But as far as where I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm finally getting to the point where I can be that creative. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Um to kind of go to, you know, what, what's in store now, two newsletters have come out, so we should get two more, uh, before I guess the, the memberships more or less over, uh, at least for the, the first year. Um, what, what, like, are there anything you can reveal for the third one? Like without saying too much or like, what can we expect for that next newsletter? Honestly, at this point, uh, I, I am full on ready to, commit and just spill the beans on the third and the fourth newsletters. Oh, Uh, yeah. I, I just, and I'm kind of doing this. I don't want to say facetiously, but I'm kind of doing this because I want to see what happens when this gets out there. All right. So wait a minute. Have you had an idea stolen before? (laughs) (laughs) No, never. (laughs) Oh man. I, 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 you know, I just, I try and keep these things a secret because Lord knows when I get an idea out there, it's like Nemo and those freaking seagulls. Mine, mine, mine. Is that, I like that. I'm mine. I did that. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> Man, you just hit me like right in the field as a, as a, a dad of, of kids. Like that was a perfect example that I've never like even thought of, but. Oh, dude. That, yeah. That's, that, that is like. I mean, at I, least I, put the one arm down, right? Can we? Can we? Oh, oh that? God! I know. Oh, and that was so funny. And I had just we, made a. Can we talk a about that without like? I, I don't want to. I, I, we we've talked about like the Ricky Steamboat and how the the Motu, but like, I, I don't. Well, I get, with, I don't without saying the names, like, I can. Bad, yeah. Bad stuff, but like, you came out with. A chop shop exclusive right before we came out, and it's like a deep cut, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he shows up. And, right, you know we we we're talking about another one where the the prototype or picture of the prototype uh, coming out. You may as well have just uh, I, I I I'm going to call it like when you used to do your. Uh, What's the uh, the drawing app on the iPad? Oh, the Procreate. Procreate. Your 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 mocking Procreate lessons that you used to put out. Yeah. Like, hey, this is <laughs> how you draw a Hasbro, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's how they do this. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may have just well, light. Bo- I, I I call it light boxing. If any artist that's done any, it, it was essentially light boxing in, in yeah, Procreate. So um, that's why I've asked like. Procreate because I was going to say light box and some people are going to be like, "What are you talking about, light boxing?" So, oh yeah, like, they don't know. Yeah. So what is? I know it's got to be frustrating, but can you like, as as your as a as your friend as your fan, it, like as both like, it's got to be like, it's frustrating for me to see. Let alone, I can't imagine. Like, I'm three hours ahead of you, so I've seen this stuff probably before you wake up, and I just go, well, 
I'm going to see a mushroom cloud over Las Vegas here in about three <laughs> hours. Uh huh. Can, can you can you expand just a little bit? But like, I I don't want to poke the bear or like put you in a bad yeah, mood. No. But it's like there's it's too. We're we're way past it, coincidence at this point, right? That's yeah. the way to put it. I I I I would agree, and you know the the honest answer is. It used to make me so mad that I would talk to legal counsel and try and figure out what can I do that all my ideas keep getting stolen. And to sort of blow some of this off of me, there's a lot of people that are going through this right now. Uh, companies, major companies are creatively bankrupt. And especially in the Master of the Universe community, almost every single Origins figure that comes out has some sort of nod or a throwback to a piece of fan art that's been so well received over the years it's just been considered canon. So obviously like I you know explained my, my roster posters were there was a few artists that picked up the torch after I stopped doing it because I toured with music and when I came back on they started doing that. And they were copying and tracing a lot of stuff. I reintroduced myself. Some of them told me to screw off. Some of them are like, oh, I didn't know this was you. Good to meet you. Any tips? And I coached them and helped them. But lately, there's there's been one particular group, two actually for sure, but one in, in one in particular that just seems to be doing everything possible to almost take a jab at me. Because they know that what I was doing was just for fun and just to get it out for people. Yes, I make a living off it, but I'm not a major company. And these are supposed to be fan art recreations of something that could have been. Whereas all these companies are now trying to do the official, you know, I'm doing the unseen bunny ears. Nobody can see it. They try and do the official things uh, and get this officially licensed by the wrestler. But instead of doing something, let's just throw it out there with Powers of Pain because uh, that's one of them 11, 12 years ago I drew Powers of Pain with Warlord mimicking the figure he already had with the Hulk press mm-hmm. maneuver and then the Barbarian had the clothesline maneuver because that was his finishing move so I kind of figured you know if it, this was an actual toy it could mimic that so when I saw the, the release that uh, these people were doing Knowing full well that I had just done something similar for you guys in the chop shop, I made a barbarian with a clothesline arm. Well, when I saw their version, I saw they went there with the gorilla press. I was like, okay, cool. At least they're doing, you know, the official version. Maybe barbarian himself said, hey, I want to do this move. I guess Haku's had some input on his figure too and had it changed. But when I created my warlord, I looked at my original design and I thought, you know what? I, I just don't think that works. The arms aren't bulky enough. I mean, he had massive, massive kind of arms, and they weren't ripped, but they were definitely muscled. And I came up with the idea that uh, I think it's Hogan 3 with the suplex maneuver. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. th- th- those would be the arms that I would use. So I posed that in my prototype photo, and nobody had seen that until everyone started receiving it. And this is the exact reason I went underground with the chop shop was because anytime I post something, it becomes a reality in someone else's uh, toy line or in, in some other way. The minute people started receiving the figures that I was creating, this had to get back to these people. They saw it and they're like, that's too good of a blueprint not to do it. And I'll be darned if they didn't just release a picture in the exact same pose with the exact same arms and the exact same paint even in the it just it was it was literally a piece of tracing paper over my photo of the prototype that I had done and how does it make me feel uh, you know whereas before like i say i i would seek legal counsel and try and do whatever I can't fight companies that have backing that can uh, make $15,000 molds for something that's possibly going to come out within a year and a half 
it's just not worth the effort and the stress. So I'm more or less tongue-in-cheek pointing the finger and saying, well, I'll continue to be the blueprint and do your work for you. And people are starting to realize that. They, they know where the ideas are coming from. And it's not just the club. It's not just my friends. Everyone else is like, wow, that really is a direct copy of what you were doing. So, And it's, it's, not, it's not even like they're trying to hide it anymore either. And that I, that's just where, like, wow. Yeah. And I, th- I, I think it's yep. that it's something with that particular artist. He's got it out for me. Like, look, dude, you're successful. You're working for a toy line. We've had his fans from over there that Sam always slagging off the boys from the UK and all that. Well, there's a reason behind that is because from day one, people from the UK have copied me and mimicked me and tried to make money off of my ideas. Right. So now I just think it's a personal thing. I think he specifically tries to spy and see what I'm doing copy me, talk crap, post pictures of possible mistakes or things, and then block me, delete it, and then tell everyone, let's just be positive about this. <laughs> positive about what? Because yeah, I didn't start anything. You, okay, good well, for what, you. What's weird about that is, and I won't mention any names here, but when that happened, like you had like an extra figure. That you just like, hey, I'll put it up online, see if anyone wants it, like a claim sale. And right. he comes on like a, like a red pen and starts, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong, whatever. And it's just like, come on, dude. Like, why? And and then some guy who I was actually following, he was like a, you know, I guess a Twitter friend. I didn't really interact with him at all. He kind of came after you. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and I, I remember I was asleep when all that happened because I was working nights, I think. And when I woke up, I realized he had blocked me. And I'm like... Oh, okay. Like, I, I just thought that was so weird. I'm like, I, I had nothing to do with this, but it's mm-hmm. like he knows that I'm a fan and supporter of you, so it's like, eh, I'm going to go ahead and just block him. I, I don't know. It's it, Figure drama is very strange to me. I don't understand it. I don't, like, literally there's so many different types of figures. And, like, with some of these companies, like, you don't have to do exactly what Hasbro did, you can do your own style too, right? Like why? Oh, sure. Why not make it better? Right. I mean, that's what I don't understand. And I, I wish if anything, third party people and fan art customizers are there to show companies what could be done. And that should be the football that you run with. Not this is what we're doing. Oh, Hey, let's just, copy C control V control copy paste whatever and just do the exact same thing and it just sh- it shows you how petty these people are because this guy in particular he is blocked I blocked everyone so that they couldn't see what I was posting somebody screenshotted that to him or he's got a secondary account and he made a post knowing that he's blocked me and I've blocked him hoping that I wouldn't see it, but then my people see it, screenshot it, and send it back to me so that I get to see it. I mean, and there's probably been a lot of instances where things have happened that I just, I never got to see, and it just kind of blew over. But there's such a NWO divide when it comes to the fan base and collector community that somehow these people are loyal to me, they're loyal to other people, they're loyal to this podcast, to that podcast, and they think it's a war. And it's not. It really isn't. I would full-heartedly support these guys if they weren't just blatantly being rude. I'm trying to, you know, not go off of my usual expletives and colorful commentary. But if, 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 if yeah, it was just like, being blatantly rude about it, I, I would buy their figures. It'd be fine. It'd be whatever. But you know what? Hey, I did glow-in-the-dark atom bomb way before you did. wonder where you got that idea from. Well, and, and another thing, too, is like, your figures are customs. These are supposed to be officially licensed. They're very different exactly. as far as what these collections should be. So I don't I don't get why there's like a – I don't know. Like I couldn't imagine going at – like finding some random customizer on Instagram being like, well, I want to steal everything this guy's doing. <laughs> like why would, why would anyone do that? Like it, it makes no sense why they've personally chosen to – Take your stuff. Obviously, I, I mean, I get that your stuff looks official, and if people didn't know, mm-hmm. like, like they wouldn't know, because I've actually done this joke with my sister and my mom, 
the figure you made of me, I, I, I handed it to him. And like my sister grabbed it, and like the arm fell off, and she like like panicked, like oh, like I broke it, and I'm like it, it's okay, it's a magnet, and she was just like I get like the look on her face, like oh no, I broke this, you know, <laughs> right, right, and it's, it's like people don't understand it, so I don't I don't get why it's that big a deal on their end, like you know, just create your own stuff, and, and I'm not trying to you know call anybody out, but like come on, you know, we, there's well, room for it's, everybody. It's it's like an auctioneer thing. You know, uh, and, and there's a war. I, going underground and blocking everyone from all the drama, I thought I was safe from this. And I, for the most part, been out of sight, out of mind, which, which is fine with me as far as, you know, these uh, third-party companies that are trying to do the same things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it bothers me when it's it's like this auction war. All of a sudden, somebody does something that's a really good idea and then they try and run out to the wrestler, tag him, come up with the idea, and get him locked into a contract. How many of these contracts have we seen? And all these people are like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. They're making everyone we've never had. Okay, cool. How many do you own? Yeah. There's literally a 100 people that have been officially licensed within the last year. And I'll even go as far to say that I made the call on Instagram, where I've even had people from WWE and fellow indie wrestlers and and friends that we've known and all that message me and say, thank you for that message, because I posted a message that the Internet Hasbro community has gotten out of control and we need to take our hobby back. We need to make it so that these green cards aren't five and seven hundred dollars a piece. Right. We need to make customs for each other that are affordable, and we have to find a way to get these things in our hands without all the drama. And then next thing you know, so-and-so's got a third-party company. Oh, this person's doing it? Well, overseas is going to do it, too. And guess what? We did it. We did take the hobby back. Now, I've got a chop shop. I'm doing prototypes. They've got third-party companies. Retros are coming back. Everything's good, as it should be. But now, if you bought, even between those two guys, oh, if I bought this, I can't buy from this guy. Well, why not? Enjoy everybody's stuff. We're in this for figures and toys. We are grown adults fighting over plastic, or in my case, resin. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I completely agree. And I've thought that for the longest time. It's like, this shouldn't be a big deal, you know, and I I want everyone to – I've said, you know, from the beginning, you know, collect what you want to collect. It shouldn't be an issue. Like, it shouldn't be like – a political debate over what figures you enjoy. Like if you, if you don't like something, don't buy it. That's kind of been my stance right. on, 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 on some that I've seen. And I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm that way with, you know, figures I see in stores too. Right. Like I was telling Travis today, um, I saw the new Mattel basics. They just posted on ringside. I'm like, these are so bad. Like, I think they've oh, gotten God. so progressively bad. They remind me of when Jax did like the uh, BCA return in the two thousands, like, just yeah, like dollar yeah. store figures. I'm just like, what happened? Like, I know they're basics, but that doesn't mean they're this, right? They should be a little bit better. Well, even those were better because they had real scan faces on Jack's bone crunching bodies. Sure. So I think what was it like the Backlash series or something? Right. Where you got yeah. like Dudley's Lesnar and like Kurt um, Angle and stuff. Kurt Angle, Booker T, and you know those are like some of the most sought-after ones right now. Right, I know. It's <laughs> Nobody insane. wanted them back then, but now everybody loves them. Yeah, gotta lo- gotta love it. But so Travis kind of cut you off earlier. You were talking about you know the the next newsletters and stuff. So you don't have to give away too too much. I mean, kind of whatever you want to here. But like, kind of what are, what are uh, what are you thinking for the for the future of the Chop Shop here? Well, like I'm saying, I'm gonna throw this in the universe and see if it happens before I can do it. And- and this will just be proof. If you heard it here first, then you'll know what's happening. I'm going to have a Montreal-themed newsletter. Ooh. We'll put it that way. So obviously that's going to include the Rougeos uh, or a facsimile of them because obviously I'm not doing these things officially licensed, but there's going to be a particular hairy-chested tag team with blue and yellow trunks. Uh <laughs> There's going to be fabulous, they might say, all American boys. Exactly, some all American boys. There's going to be a uh, a very loud mouth trash talking megaphone holding manager type. 
Uh, I'm even thinking of doing my own version of a world's strongest man. And this will all be part of, uh, it may not be the next one. It may be the fourth one now because, now this is a little fun side story uh, in a question that I would post on Twitter. What would Vince McMahon do today given the war and things going on in Ukraine and Russia? What would he do today with a storyline and whatnot? And it takes me back to a time when I remember one of the biggest storylines that were just absolutely crazy to me and that I got so involved in was the uh, Iraqi sympathizers with, with slaughter and all that. So given that there was three of them, I had envisioned, and most likely now because war is going on over there, I'm just in the mood for war, maybe the next one is going to be the sympathizers newsletter Ooh. where you would have all three of the Triangle of Terror and that also leads to both versions, the in-ring version and the, uh, the the uniform, I guess you could say. Ooh, very interesting. So, yeah, and, and that's what I had had in the pipeline that I had wanted to do. Now, I've put that out there. We'll see if this happens. We'll see if somehow it comes out. I have backup plans because as I've tried to hint these things with people, it's not that I'm at odds with the club or anyone in the club. I still get requests for people like Gorilla Monsoon and Slick and uh, Jimmy Hart. Uh, what was another big one um, people kept mentioning? Like, even Lord Alfred Hayes. Like all these people. But I'm like, to me, I, and I'm fine making something like that. If that's what people want, I, I'm all for it. I, I will figure out a way to do it, and we can do this. But that's not what I would have envisioned. If you went to KB Toys, and it was 1991, and you just happened to see Iraqi sympathizers on the pegs, you would go freaking nuts. Oh, yeah. If you saw Lord Alfred Hayes on the pegs at the same time as those, which one are you going to buy? Right. No, you know, I, well, the, 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 managers were never like my favorite thing as a kid, right? But looking back on yeah. it, it's like, man, I kind of wish Hasbro had done them. But I guaranteed, I would have passed over them for a wrestler for sure. Oh yeah, well, it's but look at Million Dollar Man. If the the green one, I think was the worst. That I remember specifically seeing and getting sick of the green suited Million Dollar Man as a kid. And IRS, they were literally everywhere. And, you know, I, I get it now as adults, people maybe want to do the accessories to the Hasbros they already have. Sure. They may not possibly want to continue on with Hasbro as if it should, you know, with like Mantar and Man Mountain Rock and Tugboat. And these are all things that I want to do, but people are requesting the side people. I almost said side piece. That shows you how much I am in Vegas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, I think that's the thing is because like, uh, Mr. Fuji might have been another one. I don't know if you mentioned him or not, but mm-hmm. like obviously he goes well with Powers of Pain. He goes well with Demolition, right? Um, or Yoko's, right. I guess, if you did that version. But it's it's one of those things like these managers we never got, so it's like, ooh, those would be fun, you know? But I completely agree with what you're saying. I think sprinkling in managers is fun, but I don't know if a newsletter full of managers would be what people want either. Yeah, I don't – I just – I personally can't get excited about it because they all essentially have the exact same thing. Now, I'm going to throw this out there, too, as an idea, and maybe we can get someone else to do it. Why don't they just make a tubby tuxedo body with interchangeable heads with Monsoon McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes and because they all and Bob Uecker? I mean, they all wore the exact same thing for WrestleMania, so you know we all got two versions of Mean Gene so we could pop the think on the other one. Sure, exactly. Well, why Why don't they just do that? Somebody make that. I'll, I'll do it if no one's going to do it. But it, it, to me, it would seem like a cool idea. And that way, if you want to take a picture, I mean, these they're like Batman and Adam West. They were never in the same room at the same time. You don't know who's who. You're not going to put Lord Alfred Hayes and Gorilla Monsoon together. So why not have them just have interchangeable heads or something? Well, I mean, I know you've actually done that with the Chop Shop before. I know one of the first ones I remember is when you did uh, the Wooster, is what you called it. It was like the Red Rooster, but there was an alternate head, so you could mm-hmm. basically make a Red Rooster or a Ric Flair, which was super fun. 
And I thought that would save people money. And it turns out people wanted another body because they wanted both. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. That's great. I mean, I, I did the same thing with Tuckster was the first because it had the macho head mm -hmm. and the Hulk Hogan head. Uh, that was sort of the inaugural figure. No, Zeus was the first one. That was sort of one of the first figures that I did. And people wanted another Tuckster body so they could display the mega powers with, uh, you know, tuxedos. That's awesome, man. So now, so you, you've obviously, you've shared some ideas now. So is this like, okay. Cause I mean, I, I, I'm thinking of some of these ideas. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if those parts exist. So that's gotta be putting some things together, right? Yes. And another reason why I started doing more creative parts is so that it was harder for people to copy. Sure. Uh, um, you could very easily make your own King of Hearts, Owen Hart, just by putting a Owen Hart head on a Steiner body. Right. Like, we've all done that, uh, some of us better than others. But we've all done that. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to do things more like uh, I think people have seen the bad news I've done now. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's made the rounds and, and got out there. Uh, that was an anvil torso, but as you know, the anvil had that clothesline action. And I uh, re-sculpted it so that it was more of a, a regular torso uh, oh, without wow. the action feature. So, yeah, that's that's Anvil's torso. I just chopped the arm off. Again, hence the chop shot. Well, and, that, and that's <laughs> the thing. Is like you're, you're, you're looking at Bad News, kind of had that you know chubby body, right? And mm -hmm. so like you, it's got to fit that, obviously. And, and, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I actually never placed that that was Anvil until just now. But, yeah, now now that you say that, I'm like, oh, there it is. I can totally see it. So. Definitely. Yeah, he had a six-pack chubby body, kind of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is so weird, because that's like that Anvil and Owen Hart. I think that's the only two figures they ever got in those type of in that type of gear. The, oh, the... the, like the high yeah, and I always... Gear. High, but it was, wasn't it New Foundation when it was Owen and right. Anvil? Right, exactly. Yeah, it was New Foundation with Owen and, and Anvil. He gets and fired then, or leaves, and then Coco comes in. Now they're high energy, but same right. Things. Yes, God, they should have made Macho Man and uh, Ultimate Warrior high energy instead of the Ultimate Maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So I, I'm looking forward to everything you've got going. Um, I got to know, like I know you said before, and, and people may not realize this. You, you spend like sometimes what twelve hours a day making these. Uh, yeah, I have to. I mean, it's. And it's contention on weather because I have to do a lot of work outside. I'm working with chemicals and sanding and dusting. It just, it, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I've mentioned this on other episodes and in other ways. It just, it's a lot of stuff for one person to do. Mm -hmm. And somehow it does. But yet, it, 12 hour days, I would say minimum. And that's usually like I get up in the early morning while the sun's out do the sanding and the spray painting and the priming and uh, everything I can outside and then maybe take a lunch break, get back up, and I do the nighttime work where I'm I'm painting or drying or making new molds. And if something doesn't work, I have to start over again, make a new mold, and that can be a two-day delay right there, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, there's there's a lot that goes into it. For sure, for sure. Well, Travis, do you have anything else for Jason before we before we let him go? Uh, no, man. I just want to say, you know, as someone that does it recreationally, that your patience to um, to paint multiples of the same thing and, and do it in your, you know, you came up with your. Uh, routine pattern or, or the easiest and most efficient way to to get these done like i i have bad respect and and a, a lot of respect for that because like i said as someone who does it uh recreationally and i'm not ashamed i still send you stuff that i don't want to pay there i don't know <laughs> if, if you look at our facebook message I'm like hey when does this open up because i just don't I don't have the patience to do this. Like it, it's, I, I know you're, it's a thankless job because you are so talented at doing it. But as someone who knows the ropes a little bit, you do an amazing job and it's, you know, 
I I, I want to say thank you and and you know you I don't know for the people that might not know exactly everything that that goes into it because you know I, we we both dabble in, in 3D printing and the resin and you know tried to get some pieces to fit and then you cast and you know it's there is so much and you know it is appreciated and you know you do a great job so thank you for um, yeah. not just me and but from I'm, I'm pretty sure the collective that that may even have a little bit of, of insight of, of how this goes well that's awesome no thank you I really do appreciate that it's uh, this is this goes back to one of the uh, arguments I used to have you know the the whole magnet joke uh, I, I love helping people and I love doing what I do because I found ways to streamline some of this stuff. But imagine you're the kid in school where intelligence comes naturally, studying comes naturally, and you've got all these kids coming up to you like, okay, yeah, I know you put like 18 hours into studying for this test, but could you just give me like a cheat sheet? Right. <laughs> and that's 99% of Twitter and 50% of that's from the UK where they'll just inbox me and they don't, they're not even appreciative. They're not even like thankful of what I'm doing or if I've ever done anything for them. They don't come at me as a friend. They don't say anything like that. They're just like, what magnets are those? What size? Okay. Okay. And then I'll, even if I would tell them, yeah, but where do I get them at? I need some in this. Well, how about you do what's best for you and figure it out? They want a cliff's note to this. And they right. don't realize that I learned how to do this by 20 years of painting Warhammer skinks and lizard men because <laughs> I would come home from college and I would just sit there and I'd paint 20 lizard men a night. So I learned how to streamline. And by the time you finish the first one, or the last one, the first one is dry and you can start painting from that one again. Hmm. Yeah, and you can change colors. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something people don't realize. I mean, uh, I don't know where I said this or, or where I mentioned it. It almost takes me just as much time to do one figure as it does to do a dozen. And that's because every time you change colors, you have to wait for the paint to dry. You can't just touch it automatically. Like, you might be able to do the lower half and then to do work on the top half while the other one's drying. But if you're doing the same part 12 times in a row, I literally can paint 12 heads the exact same amount of time that it would take me waiting to try and figure out how to paint just one head. I mean, look at a Road Warrior head. That's three different paint apps for the skin, eyes, and hair, and three other paint apps just for the face paint. Unless it's yellow, and then that's 107 paint apps. Oh, my God. <laughs> yellow. <laughs> at that point, I'm just rattling cans and spray painting it. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh. Only a few people will understand that Shout out to Hoker. I know he does some painting as well, but like, yeah, yeah, yellow is just the bane of any uh, customizer or painter's existence. It follows so closely bad. by orange. Yep, it's just terrible because it's naturally a transparent color. You have to put a spot of white or something opaque in there to make it a one-shot color, and that takes the vibrancy down. So, God forbid anybody ever had to do anything in a neon yellow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pretty much screwed there. You can get away with like a creamy yellow or like a, a Hogan golden yellow. But, yeah, no, that like mile marker, construction zone, hot neon yellow. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> or detailing in yellow. Like, I, I've been working on an Adam Bomb Elite for about nine months mm. because you have, like, for the, in his singlet with the little, like, yep. atomic cracks or whatever. Yep. And the amount of trying to get it to look yellow without the red seeping through. I, I, I do one and I look at it and go, I hate it. It's horrible. I'm throwing it back in the bin and I'll look at this again in about three months because I'm going to figure this out some way, shape, or form, but it's, I hate you, yellow. Thank you well, very much. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you a secret, and everyone can hear this, and maybe we can all learn from this. 
paint it yellow first or spray paint it the entire thing yellow and then anything else you add to it and then do the uh the negative so in other words okay. it's it's a yellow stripe that comes off of the atomic logo paint the whole singlet yellow and then paint the red around where you would want the atomic stripe and leave the undercoat yellow there okay so like like you're saying like a reverse like uh instead of Doing the red base with the yellow, make it yellow and fill, and fill add out. red. Yes, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it'll make yep. it, it. The theory is start light to dark. Uh, you can cover up uh, light really easy, but it's almost impossible to cover up dark. You know, I've known that from doing, and I don't mean that in like a I'm a know it all, but that's one of those things that you kind of forget doing art and like your colored pencils and, and shading and all that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. go light to dark, but then when you go into action figures, you're like, well, that's just one line of yellow. That's going to be a lot easier over this dark red. I, I didn't even... There you go, kids. That, that's like, This is like it's... strategy tips with Todd Pittengill right now for me. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, it, this, you have to not look at a figure as a figure. You have to look at the logistics behind it. So if you have uh, the the Tedster or the the Hulk, uh, where he's got the only one that didn't have the shirt, uh, what was yes. that, the Forest one or something? Right, clothesline Hogan. Yeah, if you if you look at the legs on that one, uh, the entire thing is molded in yellow. They painted the skin tone on, whereas originally they would paint the yellow, and they did that because yellow's a pain in the butt to work with. And it's easier to just paint the skin tone on. But that one sort of is more noticeable as it fades now with age that you can tell the whole thing was just molded in yellow. Mm, huh. Interesting. Well, it's like I remember my one-man gang, LJN, was all black, and they painted because he would chip away. And right. Honky Tonk Man was all blue because you know, yep. his, his skin tone would chip away. So I don't know if that's the but same that, thing or not. but that It is. That's the theory. You You want to prime with the color that that part is going to be the most of. So the if if you have a bare torso, of course you're going to just spray paint or mold the whole thing or cast the whole thing in whatever color the skin tone you want. But if, say, it's a pink singlet and that has the majority of the surface of that part, paint it pink, and the least amount of work you'd have to do is paint the peach parts in between. It makes it much easier that way. Interesting. A lot of lot of lot of facts here. Uh, one more oh thing. yeah, there's oh, so sorry, many things. No, I'm just saying this. That's that's what I'm saying. There's just so many things that go into it, and and life skills. You can't just watch your mom cook and expect to know how to make uh, cinnamon streusel. Sure. Like th- there are some things that go into it. You know. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, my grandmother on my on my dad's side was like an amazing cook, like amazing cook. And like I remember asking my dad after she passed away, like, how come she never wrote like a cookbook or something? He's like, well, because she made a lot of this up. She didn't she didn't have like a recipe. She just she added pepper and salt and all this kind of to like her liking and everyone loved mm-hmm. it. But it wasn't like she came up with recipes. So it would be hard for her to articulate. Oh, this is what you need to make this. And I think that's kind of the same thing here, right? Like it's. It's, yeah, it's practice and learning, and and I'm sure too. As as time has gone, you found tips and tricks and ways to make this easier and better and more efficient and so on. And I, you know, I'm personally excited to see like what you pull off a year from now. I still, I was st- like even before you came on, I was gushing to Travis how amazing that TL Hopper figure is that you did because. There's no reason a TL Hopper figure should look that amazing, right? Like, oh yeah, I didn't expect plumber, that either. Right? I had to make one for myself. I was like, this this is too cool not to, you know, <laughs> right. not to keep. And, and, like, I remember kind of talking to you because I was like, I got that head, which is like a, a Warsman head, and it kind of came in at a, at a claim sale. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. And I'm like, I don't know if I could you do a teal hopper Hasbro. And I kind of, you know, pitched the idea, and you're like, yeah, maybe this torso and these legs, and eh, maybe a Macho King hand for the, for the uh, <clears throat> plunger, which you even told me later in another podcast we did that you had to, like, completely – drill a hole to fit that, the whole deal. So, like, all this time went into this. But, like, when you oh, see yeah. it, it's like, yeah. this is an amazing piece. And it's like, I never clamored for a TL Hopper figure, but I am, like, so... It's, like, one of my favorite pieces that you've done because it's just so amazing. 
And it has a plunger. Right. And has an actual <laughs> plunger. Like, amazing. Like, so, yeah. so ridiculous. And, like, I'm always pitching ideas to you. Like, hey, I, I got, even today I was like, oh, so this guy's got this head. This guy's got that head. They were a tag team in WCW. Is that possible? You're like, yeah, sure. Down the line, we could definitely do that. I'm like, amazing. Oh, yeah. So, it, it's, Every, it's, everything's it's possible. Everything's possible. You just got to find time to do it. That's all. Definitely. So, real quick, if, if somebody wanted, you know, heard this and wanted to join the chop shop, would the best way to just maybe shoot you a message? I don't know if you're taking new people right now, but when things open up or whatever. Um, I, I, honestly, I would say no. I think we have enough. Uh, I'm backed up with work as it is, and this is kind of what I, uh, you know, foresaw happening is uh, I wanted to get just enough people to keep me busy. I didn't ever expect or want to rule the world, and I never wanted 10,000 followers and an official third-party company. I wanted to make fun prototypes that were hand-painted that people would enjoy. Uh, but my art pages... Uh, I'm actually going to be doing away with the dot com and all that kind of stuff. Everything is at art of Jason Wolf, and that's W U L F. Uh, that's it for everything. That's uh, that's now Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. It's all the same handle. Perfect. Well, dude, this has been a lot of fun. Very informative. We got a lot of Easter eggs in there for people that are Chop Shop members. So be on the lookout. Yeah. Um, and, and coming soon to Mattel Creations. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, thanks you know again, it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yep.